Hey guys, it's Carrie and Archie here. Hi! This week we're doing Tonopah, Nevada. Yes. Now, I haven't given this town much credit because, frankly, the Tonopah, when I hear Tonopah, I think of Tonopah, Arizona, which is a really wide spot in the road. I think there's like a pilot gas station. <laughs> it's on the road for I-10 between Phoenix and L.A. Um, that's what I think when I hear Tonopah. I had no idea there was a Tonopah in Nevada. And I actually only know one person who's even ever heard of it, and that was my friend Takuma, who drove through it on his way from Vegas to Reno. And so, of course, I was like, oh, my God, tell me everything. What was it like? What was it this? And he was like, Carrie, I literally just drove through it. Like, I have no information <laughs> except that I've heard of it. There's like 12 gas stations. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, okay. But I did... I came across the town and specifically the Haunted Clown Motel in Tonopah, Nevada, in an episode of The Most Terrifying Places in America, and I thought, hey, that's a great idea (laughs) for an episode. So I do want to say that this particular episode is dedicated to one of my best friends, Mike DeSimon, because... He loves clowns. Not clowns. He just loves creepy clowns. And when I say that, I mean he loves to freak out his wife, my best friend Jennifer, and I with creepy clown pictures. Um, So this episode is dedicated to Mike because he's a jerk. Jerk. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, Archie, tell me about the history of Tonopah. Well, you know, I too had not heard about Tonopah, Nevada. And my research, I, I found it Kind of an endearing little town. Kind of. <laughs> I don't. I don't understand why, but I. I really liked it. Yeah. I mean, aside from the fact that the only fast food is a Burger King and a Subway, and they're both within the same gas station. Okay. All right. I actually think our Tonopah has that too. Probably. Probably. <laughs> but um, I started out my research with this fun little tidbit. In fact, due to its distance from the bright lights of any major, or minor, for that matter, city, (laughs) the night skies of Tonopah, Nevada, are considered among the best in the country. In fact, it was rated the number one stargazing destination by USA Today. Oh, okay. (laughs) The the Claire Blackburn Memorial Stargazing Park at the southeast end of town was designated for professional astronomers as well as anyone with a passing interest. They even offer night photography workshops during the summer months. Really? Yeah. I thought that was kind of cool. You know, didn't we come across a website when we were doing our research on this that said something like, come for the stars, stay for the town, or something something like that? I think we made so much fun of it that I've discredited it within my brain. I think we did, which we should apologize (laughs) to the the town, um, because it actually ended up being a really cool little place. It is a little place. Yeah. I mean, again, it's a bend in the road, but... And literally halfway between Reno and Las Vegas, so thus the 12 gas stations. You're right, okay. <laughs> uh, the area known as Tonopah Springs started out as a European-American community around 1900 with the discovery of a silver-rich ore by Jim Butler. The most popular tale of discovery was that Jim was searching the desert for a donkey that had wandered off in the night. <laughs> ass. <laughs> like an ass does. <laughs> Seeking shelter at Rocky Outcropping, he discovered the wayward burrow and picked up a rock to throw at it in frustration. The rock was unusually healthy, and Jim had just stumbled upon the second richest silver strike in the state of Nevada. Oh, wow, okay. It didn't take long for men of wealth and power to find their way to the region to turn this frontier town into the wealthiest region in this state. Jim Butler and his wife filed eight claims near the springs, six of them becoming some of the biggest producers the state has ever had. 
Wow. And this is in the late 1800s? This is 1900. Oh, okay, okay. The town of Butler, as it was first known, began to grow by leaps and bounds. By January of 1901, there were 40 men in the camp. Within weeks, the number had grown to 250. Okay. A post office named Butler opened on April 10th, 1901, and it wasn't until March 3rd, 1905, that the post office changed its name to Tonopah. The mines around town produced almost $750,000 in gold and silver in 1901, and the mines would continue to be consistent producers for the next 40 years. Damn. By summer of 1901, the town now had six saloons, restaurants, assay offices, which is precious metal testing to to gauge the purity and whatnot. What is that? Okay. And lodging houses, along with numerous doctors and lawyers to service the now community of 650. Wow, okay. Predated by the Mitzpah Saloon, which opened in 1907, the Mitzpah Hotel became the first permanent structure in Tonopah. The reinforced concrete hotel in the nearby Belveda building, both five stories high, shared the title of tallest building in Nevada until 1927. Is that when Vegas hit the scene? Most likely. (laughs) Legend has it that Wyatt Earp kept the saloon, Jack Dempsey, a professional boxer, was a bouncer, and Howard Hughes married Jean Peters at the Mitzpah. Sadly, Wyatt Earp had left Tonopah before the Mitzpah was built. Hughes was married in Tonopah, but not at the Mitzpah, and Dempsey asserted that he was never a bouncer. The hotel nevertheless features the deck's Jack Dempsey room and the Wyatt Earp bar. Ah, cool. The hotel had fallen into disrepair over the years and finally closed in 1999. Oh, okay. But then, it was purchased in 2011 by Fred and Nancy Klein of Klein Cellars Winery. It was renovated to its former glory and reopened to the public. The hotel now features 47 rooms, a bar, and two restaurants, the Pittman Cafe and the more upscale Jack Dempsey Room. Oh, wow. After all this time, the legend continues. Now, considering that Klein Cellars Winery is an active winery to this date, I went in search of some of these wines, and I found two at Total Wine. One is an Old Vine Zinfandel. Okay. And the other I found is Ancient Vines Mord Verde. Wow, all right. So they're both reds, and since I'm really bad at wine, I have them chilled. <laughs> <laughs> so we Skip will be... Skip is crying somewhere. Oh, I know. Yeah, he's all crying somewhere. Yeah. Roll over. yeah so we will be sampling these wines as we continue forward with this podcast. Cool. Okay. I'm excited for that. So, Arch, did you know that I have three dogs? Obviously. <laughs> did you know that they are all rescue dogs? Yes. Did you know that they were all fostered in a loving person's home instead of being placed in an overcrowded shelter? I did not. Yes. I think fostering is one of the most beautiful ways to care for dogs while they wait for their forever home. Love Heals Dog Rescue is a nonprofit organization that believes every dog in need deserves a second chance at a new life. Love Heals wants to partner with the community to help as many dogs as possible find loving homes while also helping dogs in need in the area, such as providing a last litter program where the mother dog is fixed and returned or adopted and all of the puppies are fixed, examined by a vet, microchipped, and adopted out to help with the overpopulation of dogs in the area. Love Heals Dog Rescue cannot continue to help the community without a dedicated foster network. Please consider becoming a foster and visit lovehealsdogrescue.org. Or find them on Facebook by searching Love Heals Dog Rescue. Help, Help us, us be a part, part of the solution. solution. 
Okay, we're back. Archie, let's, what of uh, the Klein wine, which are we sampling right the, now? The, the Klein wine. The Klein wine. We're having the old wine Zinfandel from 2017. Oh, okay. I, I could, I'm, I'm sniffing the wine so that I can, how it smells, and I really have no idea. We have no idea what we we're doing. We have no idea what we're doing, <laughs> but. We're just doing what we see on TV. Right, yeah. One of my favorite memes is me on a wine tasting. I'm getting hints of oak and cocoa, and the other girl's like, I'm getting wasted. <laughs> and that's basically us. It's good. I don't get hints of oak and cocoa, but I'm mm. not. I don't get hints of anything. Either. I know. It's I good. It's a little, it's, it's a strong wine, I think. I don't know. See, I, I really, know. you know, I'm not in any kind of qualified to be talking about wine. It's red and it's alcohol. See, I'm not usually a fan of, of reds. Personally. I like Cabernet, but that's only because Skip has educated me well. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think of this? Since you're not a fan of red, do you? I'm not a fan of this. You're not a fan of it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So but that's my own personal bias. That's fine. I should have brought the receipt. Um, one of we're going to return it? No. <laughs> Add a little water. No, these were both fairly inexpensive bottles. Oh, okay. So um, nothing to break the bank. Maybe $12 yeah. for one and okay. maybe 4 or 5 for the other. Oh, not really? Bad. Yeah. That's not bad. So, I mean, I'm still drinking it. There you go. I'm a huge alcoholic. So All right. Yay. Cheers, clink. Cheers, clink. Okay, so let's get into the... Ghosts of Tonopah, which I had no idea this whole town is one big ghost of Palooza. See, and I only read a little bit about the Mitzpah. Oh, the did hotel. you? Yeah. I didn't know that there was so much more. That you, you found quite a bit. I found quite a bit. I was really surprised. Oh my God, um, you're still scrolling. <laughs> yeah, I found... So anyway, I had no idea that the whole town is one big ghost of Palooza. It's way more than just this clown motel. And the... And the Mitzpah. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even know that place existed. Oh, wow. Yeah, I had no idea. So when I got into my research, I just, I found so much. So let's start with the Mitzpah. This place is absolutely hopping with paranormal activity. <laughs> yeah, it, it's wild. The hotel, and I don't know if you came across this in your research, but the hotel has been named by USA Today's 10 Best Reader's Choice Awards as the number one haunted hotel in America in 2018. No way. Yeah. Oh, wow. I know. Some of its suites, like you said, are named after permanent residents who apparently refuse to leave now. Oh. And these rooms have plaques outside of them recounting their grisly details of their life. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> One full story of just utter yuck, it's just full of utter yuck, was about a senator, and I don't think he has a room, but this is one of the stories in the Mitzvah, um, about a senator whose dead body was hidden in a bathtub full of ice before his final election to allow fellow Democrats to announce his replacement after his re-election. What? Yeah. So I guess they figured, okay, this guy's definitely going to take the re-election. We don't want him. Let's kill him. We'll hang, We'll leave him on ice here in this bathtub here at the hotel. And then when he doesn't surface or he's found missing or dead, we'll announce his replacement. Wait, that would never happen now. Never. No. Everything not, is not absolutely by the book in politics today. 
There is the ghost of the lady in red, and there are varying accounts of how she died, but what is known is that she did die there, and she was a prostitute in the 1920s. She was either murdered by one of her jealous clients at the end of the fifth floor, or she was, another story says she was beheaded by her husband after he found out she had an affair at the end of the fifth floor. Either way, she met a grisly death at the end of the fifth floor. And she is said to haunt that floor, and she's seen in various parts of the hotel. The interesting thing about her is that she apparently leaves pearls in various places around the room. She had, there is a lady in a red room that you can reserve and stay in. So these pearls show up in this room and in, in places around the hotel and nobody knows how they got there. And they somehow they just attribute it to this lady in red. Well, what do they do with the pearls? I don't know. That's weird. That is weird. Like, I never found out anything else other than she just leaves pearls around for know, people that she likes. If she know, likes you, here's a pearl. Because you know, you and my stupid asses would take those pearls if we found them and inadvertently carry her home with us. Right. God. Yeah, we would. We are we're ridiculous. <laughs> we are those people. We are those people. Um, so anyway, that's, that's pretty generous of her. Um, like I said, she does have her own room and is said to haunt it, most specifically at 3 a.m. Now, 3 a.m. is a common time of night for paranormal activity to happen. Um, a lot of people that are sensitive are said to wake up at 3 a.m., Mm. It's considered the witching or the devil's hour. Oh, good. It's associated... Yeah. Yay. Oh, that's awesome. It's associated most with supernatural events and is thought to be the hour in which ghosts, witches, demons, etc., etc., are at their most powerful. Western Christianity um, has a tradition that in the hour between 3 a.m. and 4 a.m. was considered a peak period of supernatural activity due to the absence of prayers in the canonical hours. Now, the canonical hours are eight times every day from early morning until nighttime when regular prayers are said. Hmm. So early Western Christianity believed that the hours between 3 and 4 a.m. where most people are asleep and prayers most pretty prayers, much stop. Right. That this activity really ramps up. Now, the science psychological explanation of this states that such experiences are most present between 2 and 4 a.m. when melatonin production is at its peak when you're sleeping. Hmm. So, so you've got heightened brain activity. Yeah, it's weird. It's, it's interesting. Weird. Yeah. So anyway, 3 a.m. is very popular in movies as far as when horrible things happen and demons come about. And, and then also there's a lot of a lot of folks are frequently woken up around 3 a.m. Anyway, um, I did see a video of a spirit box session in this particular room that caught the words fell, I'm gone. And when one of the girls work doing this spirit box work mentioned that it felt like somebody touched her face. The spirit box said, yeah. (laughs) So that's, yeah, that's fun. That's fun. Did somebody just touch my face? 
Yeah. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah, right? <laughs> um, one guest reported waking up at 3.30 a.m. in a room on the second floor and feeling like somebody was holding her down in the bed and putting pressure on her chest. She couldn't breathe. Hmm. And she couldn't speak. Like, she couldn't, like, get a breath to yell out. When she opened her eyes, there was this horrible face above her in the bed. Oh, jeez. Yeah, and she freaked out. Eventually, she was able to scream for her husband's help. But for the rest of the night, they heard knocking on the door. They heard weird noises in the hall. At one point, her husband got up to, like, see if drunk people were staggering to their rooms. Nobody was in the hall. It was just a wild night for this couple. Good Lord. Yeah. See, I didn't find any. I mean, I didn't find anything but the lady in red. And that was it. I found, uh, yeah. I can't I was, imagine where you were looking to find I, this. I went deep into the interwebs <laughs> to find some of this stuff. Employees of the hotel have also reported a heavy feeling in the basement, like you're being watched, like you know you're not alone, which is I just... totally went somewhere else with that. <laughs> <laughs> um, Got a I'm, heavy feeling in my basement. <laughs> Another person. Got, got a bathroom around. Okay, well, wait till you hear this next story. <laughs> oh God, it's about a bathroom. <laughs> Another employee said that they went to the bathroom, and when they came out, all three toilets flushed one right after the other. <laughs> and as she was washing her hands, a woman's voice said "hello" very clearly, and she was alone in the bathroom. So that's see, that's what I like about guy code in bathrooms. <laughs> You don't talk. You don't look at each other. Don't make nothing. nice. Yeah. No, no pleasantries. Yeah. Somebody Even if says it's complimentary. Somebody says hello in the men's room. You get out. You leave. Guy code has been broken. That bathroom is compromised. <laughs> yeah. Apparently not this one. There's a ghost in there that watches you do your business. Apparently flushes the toilet for you along with the others. And then says hello as you're washing your hands. I can only imagine what she'd say if you're trying to leave without washing your hands. I don't know. It's just, it's just creepy all around. That's just like private space. You don't want a ghost in. Hey, hey, hey. This hotel has an A. Wash your hands. <laughs> what are you trying to mess with our Yelp review for? Um, so that's pretty much most of the, the fun stuff that I found about the Mizpah Hotel. Now, there is another hotel called the Tonopah Motel. And apparently guests checked into room 19 of this particular motel. And as they opened the door, after they checked in and got the keys, they opened the door. The phone in the room started to ring. After calling the front desk to see who had called and being told that no one was transferred to that room, they asked to move rooms. (laughs) (laughs) There is a house in the town of Tonopah that has a haunted basement. The house has the haunted basement. The person in the house, nothing wrong with their basement. (laughs) (laughs) I want to make that clear. There's a little confusion in the last story. Sorry, that was all me, my bad. Um, So there's this house that has this haunted basement. Apparently, it was owned by a man and a woman, and the woman hated Tonopah. She just wanted to get the hell out of there, so the man hired a caretaker to keep the house clean and sort of orderly. They weren't planning on selling the house, but they didn't want it to just fall into disrepair, so they hired this caretaker. Right, right. No squatters or anything. Right. So apparently this woman had been in the home cleaning it for most of the day. She was fine at first, but as the day went on, she became increasingly sad and depressed. 
so much so that she actually called a friend to come and get her. Oh, and wow. they were going to go to lunch. So while she was waiting for the friend, she was down in the basement and she found some old sketches there. The artist apparently, they, the artist had signed the sketches. And so then while they were at lunch, she was talking to her friends about these sketches and her feeling in the home. Mm-hmm. Found out that the artist had previously owned the home. She also owned a dance studio in town. And she lived in this home with her daughter and her husband. And the husband was the daughter's stepfather. Oh, no. The daughter was 12 years old, and I guess her husband was extremely abusive to the girl, and the girl ended up committing suicide in the house, which has to be just horrible Mm. if you're 12 years old and you feel like... That's the only way out. Right, right. So it was very common for this caretaker to experience doors in the house slamming and then a common general feeling of sadness and depression out of nowhere can apparently be felt by people who go in the home and spend any amount of time there. Mm, So the caretaker fully believes that the little girl is still haunting the house. And she has since left Tonopah and her friends still live there. And she's said that she's always excited to go back and visit and visit her friends, but she will never set foot in that house again, Mm. which is just telling, just telling and, and awful pause for a drink because Here's my big monologue. Oh, geez. Should I get this other walk Klein open? Mm. I think we'll stick with the Moscato for now. Okay. The old Tonopah Cemetery. Oh. This place. <laughs> <sighs> okay. Settle in. So the cemetery was founded in 1901, and it was used until 1911 when the number of dead outgrew the small space. There are currently 300 people interred there, including 14 of the 17 miners who died in the Tonopah-Belmont fire in February 1911, as well as Big Bill Murphy, who died rescuing trapped miners during that fire, and then I guess the county sheriff, Thomas Logan, he's also buried there, and he was killed in a shootout at a bordello. You know, as is wont to happen. (laughs) So I do want to talk a little bit about the mine fire because it was one of, if not the most horrific event the town had ever experienced. So the mine fire started around 4.30 in the morning and it was traced to a smoldering timber about 1,100 feet down into the mine. And it was a shaft mine as opposed to an open pit mine like is in Tombstone and Ajo and and things like that. Right, right, right. Um, so the men who discovered it alerted the superintendent and that gem of an individual still ordered all 90 miners to go back, to go to work. This jerk then took a small group into the mine to check on the status of the fire and see what was going on with it. And he ended up being the only one to make it back to the surface after they discovered that the fire had grown. Oh, wow. It was then that he ordered everybody out of the mine. So... Thumbs up on on that. Good job, buddy. Attempts were made to stop the fire by sealing it off at a lower level and smothering it, but that actually made it worse because the airflow in the mine caused the smoke to redirect and flood the mine shaft and cut off the only way out for the men still trapped inside. Wow. 90 of them. At this point, William, also known as Big Bill Murphy, who's 28 years old, showed up for his shift And most of the 90 men were still trapped at the 100-foot level. He was the only one brave enough to actually go in and help them. 
So single-handedly, over and over, he went down into the mine, rescuing guys and hauling groups of them back up in the elevator, many of whom were too weak or unconscious from breathing in the smoke. Now, to this day, he is known as the lone hero of the mine fire, having rescued almost all of the 90 men who were trapped down there and giving his life to do so. Because on his last haul of men, Bill himself, feeling the effects of the smoke, actually fell out of the elevator on its ascent and ended up dying in the mine. Oh, man. Yeah. So he is one of the 17 people that were killed in this fire. There are statues um, that have been made and put up honoring him in what he did to save most of these men. Now, he is buried at this cemetery, as are the other 16 miners that died in the fire. And they are said to, not necessarily Bill Murphy, but other miners are said to haunt this cemetery, which is, we'll put pictures of it up on our social media, but it is a creepy old town (laughs) cemetery. Um, People who have gone exploring it after dark, idiots, (laughs) have recorded voices on their cell phones. White streaks appear in photographs that they've taken of the cemetery. They've heard whistling around the headstones, which... (laughs) 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 And then I guess fully charged equipment has total battery drain, which is a common um, thing to happen. They feel that the, the spirits that are around will drain the energy out of the batteries of the equipment that you're using because they're trying to gain energy for themselves to be able to either show themselves or communicate with you. Mm -hmm. So that's a common occurrence. Um, And then playback of recordings made at the cemetery have captured people saying, get out of here. So again, handbook for the recently (laughs) deceased is really taken to heart. It's supernatural activity at this cemetery is most closely linked with the world famous clown motel across the street. And This is where my dedication to Mike DeSimon comes in. It is also the reason why I chose to look more into this town and why we chose to do an episode about it. I think when I suggested it to you, I said Haunted Clown Motel, and you were like, oh, shit. (laughs) That that is an accurate response. That is. That's what happened, folks. So the Clown Motel. Now, coulrophobia is the clinical term for the fear of clowns. Studies have shown that 43% of Americans just don't like them, and 33% are afraid of them. That's kind of a lot of people that are afraid (laughs) of clowns. So this place, ugh, and yuck. I am part of the 43% of Americans that just don't like clowns. See, I don't have a problem with clowns. Yeah? I just... It's like, oh, okay. I, I, I don't... That's how you get your coin. All right. Make that bread. You know, I suppose... I do remember when I was little, my best friend Nikki Witteveld and I would watch Bozo the Clown before school every morning. Mm-hmm. But... I, I, I mean, I didn't, like, love Bozo the Clown or, <laughs> you know, anything like that. I just, as an adult, I'm just like, Mm-mm, no, I'm not really all about the clowns. Now, I will say that I'm a huge fan of American Horror Story, and I never, ever miss a season. And some of those seasons of that show have made me want to just tear my flesh off because <laughs> they are so freaking skeevy and just, bleh, like... 
Ryan Murphy is a genius. But that aside, they did have an, uh, a season, and I think it was Freak Show. I think it was their third or fourth season where they had a character called Twisty the Clown in it. And his story is just the storyline of this particular clown is super sad, but he ended up being a very terrifying motherfucking clown, like really, really fucking scary. And I have to give a little shout out to my friend, Joel. He went as Twisty the Clown for Halloween one year and oh my God, he killed it. He killed it. (laughs) Bad choice of words. <laughs> His costume, he looked just like him. He looked just like Twisty the Clown. It was absolutely terrifying, but I had to give him a shout out because it was. If I had walked in and seen him, I'd have been like, nope. <laughs> I walked right, right back, back out. out. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, this, this clown motel, it does have a sweet and charming backstory. Um, One of the miners who died in the fire apparently was a huge fan of clowns and his children as a way to honor their dad that they didn't ever really get to know because they were really young when he died. His children decided to open a clown themed motel in his honor. Oh, it starts out sweet. It starts out really sweet. Um, But it's (laughs) right across from the cemetery and it actually shares a parking lot with the cemetery where their dad and, and all those who died in the mine fire are buried, so that's pretty much where the charm ends. <laughs> I thought the charm ended with the 700 clowns in the lobby. <laughs> yes, this 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 place, dear God. The hotel does feature over 600 clowns. Oh, my bad. Yeah, like, we're not trying to tell lies and, you know, exaggerate, Archie, on oh, this man, podcast. God. Right? <laughs> <laughs> there are clowns... Okay, so... <clears throat> In, there are clowns in the lobby and tons of them. And this is where the bulk of the clowns are at. Figurines of every description. Um, they are in each guest room. They are on each door. They are just freaking everywhere. Everywhere you can put a clown, there's a clown. Yes. <laughs> and, I mean, happy clowns, funny clowns, sad clowns, musical clowns, just every single type of clown figurine, statue, doll, painting you can imagine oh. is in this motel. The previous owner, this is what I found really, really interesting, is the previous owner, and I think his name is either Bob or Bill Perchetti. Bob, maybe. Anyway, he owned the Clown Motel since 1996, and he gave an interview to a Las Vegas newspaper stating specifically, this hotel is not haunted. He admitted the cemetery is, but that the hotel itself is not haunted Mm -hmm. and that he actually doesn't like that people think that it is because he feels like it's enough to bring people curious people to want to see it, but not enough to want to actually give them their money and stay there. So he's Mm -hmm. afraid it's driving away business. He's a businessman. Exactly. However, Mr. Bill Bob Preschetti was on most terrifying places in America and Zach Bagans and his crew from Ghost Adventures have also done an episode on this motel where this owner says it is haunted and things have happened there. See, now he's an entrepreneur. <laughs> so now it's like, okay, dude, I, yeah, so that's, that's interesting. I just wanted to say that just because in my research, 
I had seen it on most terrifying places and he's like, yeah, stuff happens here. And, and his wife who was working at the front desk was like, ghost clowns. That's a thing that happens. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, she got me. I got him. I love when Archie snort laughs. Anyway, so she's talking about how, like, she has even been affected by had experiences. So I just had to point that out that that little, it, bu- it just bugged me. I don't, I don't know. Anyway. So, okay. The main ghost that people seem to see most often, the hotel, the hotel, all right, I'm going to let it go, calls the trickster, this particular ghost. He has made himself well-known around the hotel, knocking figurines off the shelves in the lobby and appearing at the foot of the bed while you sleep. Mm. Mm-hmm. One guest reported waking up to see a clown standing there watching him sleep. It's actually the maintenance crew. No, God, no, <laughs> thank you. Um, anyway, he was up for the rest of the night. Mm, yeah, yeah. <laughs> as I would be, but I would be up for the rest of the night because I would have checked out and then just driven on to Reno or Vegas or the hell I was headed. <laughs> anyway, there was another man who lived there for six months with his wife. They got transferred there and the company put them up at the clown motel. Oh, nice. Maybe because they wanted him to quit right away. I'm not really <laughs> sure why that happened, but so he lived there with his wife and their dogs and one of their dogs was born deaf But this particular dog, every night, his ears would perk up and he'd run to the window and bark his motherfucking head off. Was it three o'clock? I don't know. He didn't say. Mm. All I know is that a deaf dog heard something. That's true. That's creepy. That made him run to the window and bark. I will definitely give you that. Yeah. (laughs) That's a little. Anyway, this went on for the entire six months. Which, after about a night or two, I'd have been like, we need to find a fucking place to live because I can't deal with this dog. (laughs) (laughs) Shout out to all my dogs. I love you all, even though you are super loud all the time. Another instance, and this was um, something that I actually saw on the episode of Ghost Adventures, is that one of the room attendants, they're not called maids in any hotel, motel, anywhere in the world. They are room attendants. Sorry, my mother, director of housekeeping my whole life. She can't stand the word maid. (laughs) I had to say that. Anyway, one of the room attendants says she always feels uneasy cleaning certain rooms. It feels like she's not alone, which that's got to be the creepiest feeling ever. To know you are alone in a room and then not feel like you're alone. Anyway, so she always feels uneasy cleaning certain rooms, and she has seen doors shut out of the corner of her eye. This same woman said that she and a resident of the hotel, again, why do people fucking Stay live there. here? Wow. Yeah. They have seen a black shadow or black shadow figures appear up out of the graves in the cemetery across the way. Which, mm, okay. ugh, yuck, no, yuck, yuck, yuck. There was one man who, upon checking into his room and going down to, because it's an, it's an outdoor access motel. So going down to his room, he saw a man in the cemetery walking toward the motel. And as the man got closer, he realized he was dressed as a clown carrying a balloon. (laughs) So the clown walks up the stairs between the cemetery and the parking lot of this motel. 
And as he passed the man, the man said, hello. And the clown said, we died in the mine, 17 men. And he walked past the man and continued to walk toward the stairs going up to the second floor of rooms. And right before he got to the stairs, he disappeared, balloon and all. Oh, my. Yeah. So most people seem to think that that is the trickster. Again, this is the ghost that, like... Knock shit off in the lobby, which wait till you guys see the picture of this lobby. It's literally floor to ceiling, clowns fucking everywhere. Um, but they they think that the, the ghost that the man saw was actually the trickster. Mm. So kind of out of his M.O. to be throwing truth bombs like that. I don't know. I can't really find too many other um, instances of hauntings at the Clown Motel. It's just creepy. Like I said, majority, a big portion of the country is just not fan of clowns at all. And so the fact that there is this creepy trickster ghost that watches you sleep, you wake up and there's a clown standing there. Like, no. Um, anyway, so this Bob Perchetti no longer owns the hotel. It is owned by a new man. And this particular individual is in love with the place. He states that the clowns love him, he loves them, and everyone is happy being together. Okay, the look on my face right now, Uh please describe it. It is disturbed and judgmental (laughs) and... Yeah, it's... When I I wrote that in my notes, I wrote, all right... (laughs) So yeah, he's in love with the place. He states that the clowns love him and he loves the clowns and everyone is happy being together. And um, he is going to, like we were talking earlier, he is going to really focus a lot on amping up the haunted aspect mm. of, of, the, of the hotel. He's never had any bad experiences. Um, he's, I don't think he's actually had any experiences at the hotel, but... <laughs> Probably not. Probably not. I mean, if they love him and they're not, he's not scared of them, maybe they leave him alone. Either way, it's it's super hella creepy. Anyway, <laughs> the clown, the world famous clown motel, as it is called, they do not actually have a website. But if you want to book a reservation, if you find yourself just hankering to be out in the middle of the Nevada desert. You can call them at 775-482-5920. Oddly enough, it does have four stars on Yelp. Really? It does. Wow. And three and a half on TripAdvisor. Hmm. Mm, yes. If uh, clowns are not your thing, but you are super into the ghosts, you can also try your hand at the Mizpah Hotel. It also, I think it has an attached casino. Or oh, yeah. every every building does. You know what? That was a really stupid statement about anything. (laughs) Sorry. Forget I said that guys. Anyway, if you want to try your hand at the Mizpah, you can book reservations through their website, mizpahhotel.com or call them at 855-337-3030. They actually have a 4.5 star review on Yelp and TripAdvisor. Hmm. Well, yeah. Speaking of the Mizpah, we still have this other Ancient Vines contract yes. the county wine to try. We do. Um, we do have that. So we will be um, trying out this other bottle of Klein wines. Now, again, the Kleins are the folks that currently own the Mizpah Hotel. They also own a winery. So we're going to try out this second bottle, and we will put our 
completely ignorant, unprofessional wine reviews up on all of our social media. And Archie, where'd you say you can find it at Total Wine and more? And probably I found it at Total Wine is where I found it. Could you probably find it at like BevMo? Most or... likely I would say BevMo. Okay. So, um, yeah, if our opinion on wine at all influences you. Then you have bigger problems. problems. You have bigger problems. <laughs> um, <laughs> you re- yeah. Don't listen to us about wine. So, yeah, yeah. that's Tonopah, Nevada. That town really surprised me in a very, very pleasant way. I, I feel exactly the same way. Yeah, I was I was pretty impressed with it. I I thought, oh god, this this whole story, Archie, might just be an honorable mention. Like it's only going to be like five minutes. Yeah, this like, is a what five minute say? story. Uh, and but, then and then we shared notes. <laughs> and then we shared notes, and I yeah. So fun little place um, on the road between Las Vegas and Reno. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so if anybody has ever been to Tonopah, ever spent any time there aside from just filling up on your way to Reno or Vegas, <laughs> let us know. We definitely want to hear from you, see where you stayed and if you had any experiences. Um, for sure. For sure, for sure. Again, our email address is podcast at gmail.com. Send us your experiences. If you have any location suggestions, we've got a big list going. We want to definitely try to hit as many of them as we possibly can. And they can be from all over the world. We're not sticking to just... Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, to the, just to the United States. For instance, Tonopah, Nevada. Neither of us have heard about it, but we were genuinely charmed. We were. We were genuinely really charmed. Was. And if the Clampets find themselves on a road trip through Nevada, like I kind of feel we might need to take a tiny detour to... Oh, hell no. Oh, hey. Our studio our audience Our studio audience arrived. is back. <laughs> anyway, so thank you guys for tuning in to this episode. Um, please take a moment to review us on iTunes. Remember, five-star reviews and love notes only. Yeah. Thank you so much. We will see you in the next episode. All right. Thanks, everybody. Bye, guys.